Good morning, Boker Tov. Good to be back together with our Emuna friends, living with Emuna friends and support group every Wednesday morning in order to remind ourselves that which we already know but so easily forget escapes our mind. The way that we live in this world reinforces the erroneous notion regularly that we are in charge, that we are in control, that we are the ones who forge our own destiny, that we take responsibility and can be proud of our own success. And therefore, we need the reminders. That's why 100 brachas a day were instituted. The 100 brachas a day, 100 interruptions to the day. Remember 100 times a day that there is a God that bid for connection. Make that bracha, express that gratitude. Ask for that help. Remember that He's looking over your shoulder 100 times a day. Our Amunah series is generously sponsored by Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan. So grateful to them in memory of Dr. Rabbi Dr. Brian Gabbett, Baruch Tzvi Ben Ruvay Nassan, and in memory of... Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer, who lives a life of service to the Jewish community and of Chesed. We're very grateful to the Morgans for their generous sponsorship of the series for the year. Okay, we're not going to start a new um, Limud because we're going to take a break after today until after Sukkot. Not really taking a break. There's uh, a lot of conflict. So I want to just share with you a few thoughts that will put us in the right mindset in these Aseris and Mechuva in these 10 days that we are supposed to really recalibrate our compass refocus our priorities, these 10 days that we're supposed to not be on our best behavior in some way that we're trying to trick or fool God, that like, we'll, you know, we'll do our best for 10 days, we'll push through so that he answers us positively, and then we'll revert back, then we'll just go back to the way we were. But rather, these are 10 days that are meant to transform our entire year. We're meant to form new habits. We're meant to break through and realize new parts of ourselves and to bring Hashem into our daily life and into our daily living. That's really what it's all about. That's really what it's all about. We say in Ladavid, the Minag is to insert Ladavid Hashem Orivi Yishi, Tehillim Chavzayin, at the end of Davening, Ashkenazim, the Sixfarad of different uh, customs of when to say it. Ashkenazim say it at the end of Shacharis and at the end of Marav, others say it after Mincha instead of Marav, but Tehillim Chavzayin, Tehillim, Capital Chapter 27. And in there we have the famous words that have been made into many beautiful songs, many beautiful melodies. Says, there's one thing I want, and there's one thing I ask for. I want to sit in the house of Hashem all the days of my life. I want to to gaze upon the beauty, to frequent, to be a regular, to be a visitor in his heichal, in his home. There are many questions on this one simple sentence. First of all, David HaMelech says, Acha Sha'alti, is one thing I want. And then he goes on to list several things he wants. It's just one thing, one thing I need, one thing I want. Please, Hashem, favor me with one thing. A, B, C, D. So the Medrash itself says, you know where God got, you know where David got this from? David got this from God himself, who said, there's one thing I want from you. Yeras Hashem, Hatznela, a whole list of things that he wanted. But in any case, what does it mean? I want to shifty. I want to sit there all the days of my life. I want to be a visitor. It's a famous question. And the Chavetz Chaim gives a famous insight. Chavetz Chaim says, you know that when you live somewhere, you're the least likely to visit the uh, most significant places there. right? If you grew up in New York, how often have you been to the Statue of Liberty? If you grow up in Florida, how often do you go to the beach how often do you go to, I don't know, where are our monuments or what are our, our major places that, that people frequent, the Everglades or, or wherever else? When you're a resident of a place, you take the, the places that the visitors uh, look at for granted. 
Because you live there, you'll get there someday, sometime, not necessarily for now. What David HaMelech is saying, says the Chavetz Chaim, is, I want to shifty, I want to feel like a resident, I want to feel like I belong, I want to feel like I live there, but at the same time, I want the mentality, mentality of Levakir. I want to have the mentality of a person who's visiting. The excitement and the energy, the curiosity and the inquisitiveness. I want there to be the, the energy of a visitor who wants to take it all in and wants to get it all in. That combination, which ordinarily are in conflict, David Amalek says, I want them to be in consonance. I want to be shifty. I want to be a toshav. I want to be a resident. I want to live there. I want to feel comfortable there. But Bikur, Levakir, I also at the same time simultaneously want to bring the energy and the attitude of a Mavakir, of a tourist, of a guest, of a visitor who's going to try to see everything and get it all in and is so excited to be there. So that is number one. The attitude that we have towards our relationship with Hashem is a level of comfort and casual, and at the same time, an attitude of getting it all in. This time of year, the Pasuk says, Dishu Hashem Behimatzo, Kroba So Karov. Call out to Hashem when he's close. And the Gemara Hashem says, when is he close? Behimatza, when is he more readily accessible or available? When is an auspicious time? When is a, a proper time to reach out to him where he is more likely, he is more ready to answer? And the Gemara says, Elu aseres yamim, shabin Hashem liyam kippur And these are the 10 days of repentance. Hamelach basada, the king's not in the palace. It's hard to find him when he's in the palace. He's hiding in the palace. Now we have the ability to find him. He is accessible. He is available. He is out there. And therefore, we can go and we can ask him for what we need. We can ask him for what we need. We go, we look for him, we ask him, and we access him now. We, um, we don't wait, we don't give up, we don't miss out on that opportunity to be able to, to, be able to speak to him. Hamelach basada. Hamelach basada. So that's the mentality, that's the attitude. That on the one hand, we're a toshav. We feel comfortable in the audience, in the vicinity of Hashem. There's a comfort level, there's a love, there's a relationship, there's a connection. But simultaneously, we want to have the energy, the excitement of a newbie, of a fresh view, of somebody who's visiting, of somebody who's checking it out for the very first time, to bring that attitude and to bring that mentality of a mavakir. I'll tell you an amazing story. HaMelech Basada, the king is in the field. Now is the chance. After Yom Kippur, he's going back in the palace. After Yom Kippur, we can still speak to him, but by appointment only. And you have to make it past the secretary and the, and the secret service. You have to somehow be able to get into that Oval Office. And when you're there, you'll only have a brief moment. But now, Amalek Basada, he's out in the field. Now is the time. Pour out your heart. Tell him what you want, what you need, what you hope for, what you dream, what you wish. Tell him what you're disappointed and what you're angry about. Tell him what you're so grateful for. Amalek Basada, right now he's most accessible. I'll tell you an amazing story. An amazing story. It was recounted in an interview on Israeli radio station about a gentleman who was brought to England on the kinder transport. He was living in an orphanage with other refugees. And one day the teacher entered the orphanage in a state of great excitement. He said King George VI is coming. All the children were told to put on their best shorts and scrub their faces and knees. And they're going to meet the king. They give an audience with the king, King George. And along with all the other residents of the street, the school children turned out on the pavement. There was this great sense of anticipation. A parade was going to come by. The king himself... But as all the other spectators were aware, the meeting with the king was not really a meeting with the king that the children had imagined. The kids were so excited. Instead, merely they were part of a welcoming party. The king's fancy car, an entourage and parade, turned the corner and proceeded down the street. Now, nonetheless, the children joined in the cheering and the flag waving, and the car passed as a, at a uh, processional pace. The man recounting the story on Israeli radio explained that for the boy standing next to him in line, Simply watching was not enough. 
And the boy next to him, lining the street from the orphanage, broke ranks and proceeded to run into the street and chase down the car. And when he reached the vehicle that the king was in, and it was still moseying along at a processional pace, he began to bang on the boot, on the tire, with all of his might. Finally, the car stopped, and lo and behold, the door opened, and the boy stood face to face with the king. Now, in America, where the police carry guns, he probably would have been shot. In England, don't they not carry guns? They wear those furry hats. So I guess that's why he wasn't shot. So he kicked the tire, and the door opened, and lo and behold, the boy stood face to face with the king. And King George asked him, what's the problem? Young man, what do you need? And the boy said he had been told that he'd be meeting with the king, and he very much wanted to thank him for having brought him to this country and rescued him for the ravages and the fires of Europe. But the boy continued, You see, I'm terribly lonely because my parents are still there. And the king responded. He asked the boy's name, and the name of his parents, and where he was from, and he thanked him, and he bid him on his way back to the rest of the children. And the boy was sure that he'd be severely punished for his actions. But surprisingly, the school did not make anything of the incident. They let it go. Until a few weeks later, the headmaster summoned the boy to his office, to which the boy was sure he was to be reprimanded. He was, he was positive, having broken ranks and left the line and chasing the car and being so brazen to speak and confront directly the king, he was in trouble. But it turned out that the headmaster wanted to talk to him about the incident. But instead of punishing him, he told the boy he had made quite an impression on the king. So much so that King George had sent him a gift. And with that, the headmaster opened the side door of the office and standing there waiting was the boy's parents. And the narrator recounting the story on the radio continued and said for, that, for, the, for the past 60 years he has asked himself, right? The one who told the story on Israeli radio said he was standing next to this boy. He too was in the orphanage. He was standing next to this boy that brazenly and spontaneously broke ranks, ran, confronted the king, and as a result was reunited with his parents. And the one telling the story said that for 60 years he was haunted. Why did I just stand there watching like everybody else? Why didn't I seize the moment and chase the king? Maybe if I had, I would see my parents again and wouldn't have lost them in the gas chambers. It's a very powerful story. And again, supposedly it was recounted on Israeli radio and is true. But the image and the message is exactly what we're saying. Right now we have an audience. Don't regret later. Why didn't I speak to the king? These 10 days, he's Hamelach Basada. The king is in the field, the king is in the shul, the king is in your kitchen, the king is in your car, the king is on your walk, the king is while you're cooking, the king is while you're working. Talk to him. Open your heart, pour out your heart. Take advantage. Yes, all year long we can sit in his home. Yes, all year long we can talk to him, open our heart to him, and he hears. But when do we have the opportunity of levaker, to bring that attitude and to have that approach of levaker, to be like the energy and the excitement, to have the enthusiasm of a, of a guest. When is that? It's these 10 days and we're running out of them. We're coming closer to Yom Kippur each and every day. Take full advantage. That is point number one. Point number two. The Slana Marebbe says, I don't understand. How could David HaMelech say, I want to sit in your base on Mikdash all the days of my life. David HaMelech couldn't have sincerely meant that. It's impossible. David HaMelech was the king. He had to adjudicate. He had to legislate. He had to rule over a kingdom. David HaMelech was a warrior. He had to lead the Jewish people in battle. David HaMelech was a scholar. He had to sit and learn and study. David HaMelech was a human. He had to eat and eliminate what he ate. He had to sleep. So how could he say, How could David HaMelech say, I want to sit in your house all the days of my life? Impossible. A human being has other human things they need to do. It is impossible. 
David had many responsibilities and obligations. He couldn't shirk them and he couldn't ignore them in order to be able to sit in the base measure, sit in the base of We have responsibilities. So the Slonim Rebbe, listen carefully, says, you know what David Amalek was saying? It's what we're saying each and every day when we recite this Mizmor during the month of Elul and through Sukkot. What we're saying, is Hashem, I want to have the feeling that I'm sitting with you, not that I'm in your house all the day, every day, but you're with me wherever I am. You're with me in the gym and you're with me in the supermarket. You're with me in my kitchen, you're with me in my bedroom, you're with me at work. You're with me in shul, you're with me in the car, you're with me on my walk. Wherever and whenever, shifty bebeis Hashem, I want that sense, I want that attitude, I want that feeling, I want that energy, I want that spirituality, I want that knowledge that wherever and whenever you're right next to me. I don't segregate, my life is not my religious activity and my secular my holy and my profane. It's not that when I'm in shul, I'm davening, or when my tehillim is open, I'm davening. And other than that, see you, God. What time are we meeting again? Oh, Mincha's at seven? See you at Mincha. Oh, Shabbos is when I see, see you on Shabbos. When do, oh, on Wednesday mornings, I go to that shir. See you next Wednesday morning. It's not that I'll see you later, God. It's not that I'm gone for the day. Shifti ve'es Hashem, kol yimei Wherever, whenever, you're on my mind. You're looking over my shoulder. You're with me. You're with me. I gotta tell you, I'm scrambling right now. I'm running out of time to prepare the Shabbos Shuvah Russia. Yom Kippur, as smoothly as Rosh Hashanah went, Baruch Hashem, 13 services on the Boker Raton Synagogue campus alone. Hundreds and hundreds of people, mask distancing, Bli Ayin Hara, safe. Such gratitude to Hashem and the enormous work that the committee put in to make it happen. As smoothly as Rosh Hashanah was, Yom Kippur is proving to be very, very, very complicated. And you know what I've been doing? I've been talking to Hashem. I'm sitting here, Zoom after Zoom. I'm here late at night. I'm looking at the computer. I'm like, Hashem, how are we going to do this? What's the plan? Hashem, what, what's the plan? What's the weather going to be? Will we have enough tents, indoor, outdoor? How's it going to work? Hashem, what's the plan? This is your people too. They're not just my children. These are your children. These are our children together. It's not just on me. What's the plan? Hashem, Shabbat Shuvah. I'm doing this for you, not for me. I'm trying to inspire everybody for your values, your message. Give me some good stories. Give me some goods. Give me some material here. Hashem, this is for us. We're partners in this. Yeah, I got the speaking part, but you're the, you're the speechwriter. Come on, speechwriter. Where are we? Where's the material? I literally, yesterday, last night, I was talking out loud in my office to Hashem. Why am I sharing that? Because Hashem it wasn't Mencha, it wasn't Marav, it wasn't Shacharis. It wasn't time for Slichos. I wasn't saying Tehillim. I was talking to Hashem. Help us figure out Yom Kippur. Give me the right words for Shabbat Shuvah. Give me more time to make this happen. Wherever we are, in the car, on the airplane, in the kitchen, cooking, at the gym, doing a plank, whatever you're doing, talk to Hashem. That's what David HaMelech says, Islam Rebbe. David HaMelech was not saying, I want to shirk or forfeit. I want to abandon my other responsibilities and I want to sit in your house, call you Mechayai. David HaMelech wasn't saying, I want to sit in the basement, I want to sit in the shul, forget battle, forget writing poetry, forget leading a kingdom, forget my family, forget eating and sleeping. I just want to sit with you. That's not what he was saying. It's not possible, it's not responsible, and it's not what Judaism wants. What was he saying, Shifta Beves Hashem? I want the feeling that you're with me wherever and whenever, at all times. When I'm on the phone with FedEx endlessly, you're on the line with me. It's a three-way call. Here's the end of that story, by the way. We could finally put it to bed. The check from FedEx has arrived in the mail. Shetel is gone forever, but the check has arrived. Baruch Hashem. 
it's all from Hashem and for a reason that story now comes to a close and we can we can move on to other Emunah stories but Shifta Beves Hashem Kol Yemei Chayai Kol Yemei Chayai says David HaMelech I want to feel you're with me all the time I want to feel that you're with me all the time there's a beautiful insight of Rav Simcha Bunim Peshischa, the great uh, holy tzaddik Rav Simcha Bunim Peshischa. the Gemara says in Barachos and Dav Chavalev the Gemara our Rabbi say Halavai sheyispalol adam kolayom kulo. Halavai. Wouldn't it be beautiful if a person could daven all day long? What does that mean? Wouldn't it be beautiful? I'll be honest. It's not easy. We're saying slichos right now. So slichos eran, depending what minion, depending what shul, depending who you are, what time you got there. Slichos keran in another 25, 30, 40 minutes of davening. Davening itself, you've got additions. Avina makenu and the shiramalos, and you got additions. So davening now on an average morning with no Torah reading. This morning, Wednesday morning. Davening is over an hour, hour 10, hour 15. It's hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I try to put my all into it, and by the end of it, I'm ready to close the sitter and get on with the day. It's difficult. It's a struggle. You put everything into it for that hour. So halavai she'ispalakol yom kulo. That's not my halavai. Halavai that I got to eat all day. Halavai I got to play golf. Halavai I got to be with my family. Not in that order. Halavai I got to be with my family. Halavai I got to sit and study. I love learning Torah. Halavai I got to hang out with you and give the Amunashir all day. Halavai a lot of other things. Halavai she spalo the entire entire day. From when I wake up till I go to sleep, hours on end. Halavai I could dive in the whole day. Is that really my halavai? Is that really what I wish for, what I want, the halavai? Listen to the insider of Simchabunama Peshischa, the great Sadik, he says something amazing. He says, The rabbis were not saying, Halavai, I could wear my talus and tefillin and sit with my sitter and in my makom and with my mask and shul all day long davening. No! You know what the Halavai was? Halavai, that while I'm making my potato kugel, and while I'm writing my Shabbos Shuvah drasha, and while I'm getting in the car, halavai, that every activity, and every moment, and everything I'm doing my entire day is introduced with a tefillah. The halavai, she'ispalakolei and kulo is, halavai, that my whole day is defined, I'm talking to you the whole day long. I'm talking to you. It's a throwback to another time, another generation. Some of us had parents or grandparents that we saw that. Europeans, they were talking to Hashem the entire day long. Tevye, fiddler on the roof. Halavai. Halavai, we should be like Tevye. That while we're turning over the hay and feeding the cows and climbing that ladder and filling the milk and halavai the entire day, I'm talking to you, Hashem. I'm making the potato cocoa, I'm talking to you. I'm writing the Shabbat Shuvadra, I'm talking to you. I'm lifting the weights, I'm trying to beat my plank record, I'm talking to you. I'm driving the car and I want to make sure I get there safe, I'm talking to you. Halavai she'ispal kolonikulo says in Tzadik of Simcha Bonum doesn't mean halavai I have my sitter open and I'm sitting in the shul all day long. It means halavai that my life and my lifestyle reflected that wherever and whatever I'm talking to you all day long. Halavai, this difficult conversation I'm about to have goes well. Halavai, Hashem, I'm walking into the boardroom. Halavai, I can negotiate a good deal. I'm walking into the courtroom. Halavai, I can defend my client or I can advocate for myself. I'm walking into the operating room. Halavai, Hashem, that this goes well. It's a successful surgery. Halavai, each patient I see, I say and do the right thing that is best for them. It's an entirely different mentality and attitude. Not that I'm done with davening shacharis. Sayonara, Hashem. See you at Mincha. It's not that I take a break in between. It's I left from Shacharis 
and between Shacharis and Mincha, I have not stopped davening the entire day. Yes, I closed the sitter, and yes, I folded my talus, and yes, I exited the shul, but I never closed my lips. I never stopped davening to Hashem. On my drive home, I was talking to him. Over breakfast, I was talking to him. As I got to work, I was talking to him with whatever I need to do that day, from the significant to insignificant, from the consequential to inconsequential, from the big to the small, Every part of the day was introduced with a two-second, a three-second. Every part of the day, every aspect of the day, from the holy to the mundane, to the sacred to the profane. Halavai Hashem, my Wi-Fi is working, and I can order the thing on Amazon. Halavai Hashem, that every, my AC will continue to cool this house. Halavai Hashem, as I change the thermostat. Whatever I'm doing is introduced with a two-second filah. I never took a break. I never stopped. Shifti b'vis Hashem. Kol yimei Wherever I am, I'm in the house of Hashem. Halavai she'ispala kol yom kulo. Halavai that a person should daven to Hashem all day long. That you come with me wherever I am and whenever I am. Halavai, halavai. That you're with me. That you're with me all the time. That you're with me all the time. That is the wish. That is the hope. That is the hope. The Pasuk we say in Eicha that Shlerub Shlomo put a beautiful melody Pour out your hearts like water. Opposite Hashem. When are you When are you opposite Hashem? Only when you're in shul opposite the Arun Kodesh? Only where you're at wherever designated space in your house that you made as your designated Makam Kavua, your prayer space, your prayer room? That's when you're Nochach opposite Hashem? No. Nochach Hashem is the mission of a Jew wherever and whenever. Revolver writes in Ali Shor. We don't have time to go through it now. But this is our mission, wherever and whenever. And that's what I want to impress upon you. That's what Amuna is. Wherever, I'm davening all day long. You're with me. Not I'm sitting in your house, but whatever house I'm in, we've, we've transformed it to become your house. Says Ravoba, in the Ila, we're going to say a sentence. In the Elo, we're going to stand before God and we're going to say that you designated us, you created us, la'amod, to stand, lefanecha, before you. That's our goal, that's our job, to live my life and to know I am always lefanecha. I'm always lefanecha. I'm lefanecha when I'm choosing what to watch. I'm lefanecha when I'm choosing what to say. I'm lefanecha when I'm filling out my taxes. I'm lefanecha when I'm talking to my friends. I'm lefanecha when I'm choosing what to eat. I'm lefanecha, I'm nuchach p'nei Hashem, wherever and whatever. How I do business in my interpersonal social relationships and interactions, in how I fill out my tax returns. Halavai, Sheispala Kolayom. I'm Shifri Chamayim Libech. I'm Nochach Pene Hashem. I'm before you all day long and every day. I'm La'amod Lefanecha. You designated us to recognize that I'm La'amod Lefanecha, that I stand before you, that I stand before you. This La'amod Lefanecha, we say in the Brach of Ashayatar, I come out of the bathroom. The most mundane, most animal, most base act that a human being does, I come out of that bathroom and I say the brach of Asher Yatzar. And then what do I say? If all my pipes and plumbing weren't working right, I would not be possible. I could not stand before you, God. I couldn't stand before you. There are people who can't attend Minyan because they have um, gastrointestinal illnesses that don't allow them to have the confidence to stand there person who has a colostomy, an ostomy, a person who's not sure that they can daven properly. 
So, you know, if my heart weren't beating, if my health weren't in place, if I had a kidney stone or gallstone, if I had a bladder infection, if I had a GI disease, I wouldn't be able to stand before you. I'd be incapacitated. I'd be debilitated. I wouldn't be able to la'amod lefanecha. I couldn't stand before you. The brach al ashayatza, I come out of the bathroom and a Jew says, thank you for allowing that most animal-based mundane act to work because without it, I couldn't fulfill the very purpose with which I'm here, which is la'amod lefanecha. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Hashem, pour out my heart. I want to feel wherever and whenever. The boardroom, the operating room, the courtroom, the kitchen, the gym, wherever and whenever, I'm nochach Hashem. I'm opposite you. I'm la'amod lefanecha. It's why I'm here and what I was designated to do is to stand opposite you and to know you're in my life and therefore to never be anxious and never be angry and never be envious because I know you're in charge. Because I know you've got my back because I know everything is for a reason and nothing's random. And when I'm la'amod lefanecha, when I stand before you, and when I successfully cultivate that feeling of nochach p'nei Hashem, that I'm equal and opposite to you, when I talk to you, when I ask you, in I introduce as I walk into that courtroom, that operating room, as I walk into that boardroom, as I walk into the gym, the kitchen, the bedroom, as I walk into every area and aspect and activity of my life, I utter a prayer, Hashem, please help me, because it's up to you. Then I've put Hashem nochach. I'm opposite him. I'm la'amod I'm standing before him. And then we can let go and let God. You can smile. You'll see the wrinkles disappear. You'll see your shoulders lower. You'll see your blood pressure drop. You'll see that you have the strength and the courage and the energy to confront whatever it is in your day that you need to battle and overcome. You'll see your ability to make it to the end of the day. Nochach Pnei Hashem. He's in the room. The only question is whether you recognize him or not. He's there. He's there. He may be invisible. He's Nochach. He is Lefanecha. The only question is, are you going to open your eyes and see him or not? Are you willing to extend your antenna and pick up the frequency? Are you willing to put on the blue light and see that he's really there all along? He's there either way. So you might as well embrace him. You might as well feel his presence. You might as well draw that comfort and that strength. You might as well feel that responsibility. You might as well express that gratitude because he's there all along. He's there all along. So I want to wish all of you, my holy Amuna friends, that we should succeed in Shifti Bebeis Hashem Kol Yimei Chayai. Halavai. Hashem should bless us. And we ask him for help to feel that we're in his presence. Talk to him. Talk to him to the point that you look like a madman. You know, the best thing that ever happened, the best thing that ever happened was hands-free in the car. Because before there was hands-free, if you were driving talking to God, you look like a lunatic. You know, if you're at a red light and you look over and the person's talking out loud, now you just assume that they're on their hands free. They're talking to somebody through the phone, through the car. Before that, just a few years ago, the car is the best place to talk to Hashem. You looked like a lunatic, an actual lunatic. And now, thank God, you've got, you know, if you have hair or a shaitel or long hair, you have an advantage because you wear your little AirPod. Half the time, my wife or one of my kids walk in the room, I think they're talking to me and it turns out that their AirPod underneath their hair, they're having a conversation with someone. So now you have the ability wherever and whenever to talk to God, and nobody knows. You know what one of the blessings of this mask is? The, bla- the, ma- the masks everywhere, it's a curse, it's a pain. Uh, nobody's enjoying these masks, they're miserable. You know a blessing, a hidden blessing of these masks? You could be in public and have to make an Asher Yatsar. You no longer have to find a corner and cover your mouth and pretend. You could stand in Davin Mencha, you could stand and be talking to God, and nobody knows the conversation you're having underneath that mask. You no longer have to be shy or reticent or embarrassed or ashamed. You no longer have to hide it. Take advantage of it. 
with that mask on at Costco, at Publix, at Neiman Marcus, at whatever store before it closes down and declares bankruptcy, at whatever store, talk to, tell Hashem, my favorite store, let it not declare bankruptcy. Whatever you want to talk to him about, I'm actually uttering a prayer. Let nobody be at that store using my credit card, buying anything. Everybody's uttering their own prayer wherever they are under their mask. Everyone has their own prayer that they have to order, spending freeze. But everyone's uttering their own, I guess we got some money from FedEx now we could spend, but everybody's uttering their own prayer. Wherever and whenever, talk to Hashem all day long, and then you'll find that you're sitting in the house of Hashem. My dearest friends, stay happy, stay healthy, stay holy. Join us tonight. We're going behind the bima with Judge Alvin Hellerstein, a federal judge from New York. We'll hear about his tips for how to come before the judge on the holiest day by the... Uh, his tips as a judge, how to come before the judge. That's 9 o'clock tonight. And this Motei Shabbos, 8.30, Shabbos Shuvah I hope and pray that Hashem will answer me, be my speech writer, so I can give a good speech. This Motei Shabbos, 8.30, Shabbos Shuvah Until then, wishing everyone a Gemar Chasimatova. We resume after Sukkot. The first Wednesday morning following Sukkot, we resume. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.